G'day and welcome to the Hunting Connection Podcast. My name is Zach Williams and I am your host. Here we'll connect you with hunters, fishers and outdoor enthusiasts from around the globe. This podcast will share hunting and fishing stories including past experiences and tackle the tough hunting stereotypes our community faces. We hope to be a positive influence to those outside the community while also having a laugh along the way. Hope you enjoy the podcast. G'day and welcome to a bonus episode of Hunting Connection Podcast. On today's bonus episode, we have Max from In The Dark. How are you going? I'm good, thanks, mate. Yourself? Yeah, good, thank you. Good. We've uh, yeah put this one together um, leading up to something that we'll discuss later in the podcast, but uh, pretty happy to have you on. Yeah, stoked to be here, man. Thanks for thanks for getting me on in the bonus episode. Appreciate it. Nah, all good. I um yeah, want to plug this upcoming event as much as possible. Um, it's a wicked idea, and um, I'm keen to go out there and smash some critters. Yeah, awesome. No, <laughs> we're glad to have you on board, mate. Definitely. So, where are you from, Max? Um, so I grew up in Adelaide, um, in the city. Um, but majority of my family's from the Riverland area on my mum's side and my dad's side, uh, the Adelaide area, but my grandfather had a small farm in the Adelaide Hills. So every school holidays was in the country. Yeah, beautiful. Whereabouts in the hills was that? Uh, so it's just out the back of Woodside. Yep, beautiful. Yep, up yep. towards Harrogate there-ish way. Uh, a bit to the left, bird in hand. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Yep. I grew up in Mount Torrens, so nice, nice and close, beautiful area. Yeah. Yeah, um, lovely. What do you do for work? Uh, that, that's an interesting one. So I'm a I'm a reptile handler and keeper in a venomous milking facility. Um, we're the, we're the only facility in the Southern Hemisphere that's private, um, besides for the Australian Reptile Park, which is obviously a zoo. Um, so yeah, a bit of a different job. That's awesome. Yeah. How how'd you get into that? Um. Oh, it goes goes back a long way. I sort of had been keeping reptiles for a, a fair while and had a, a fairly substantial collection at home that I kept and bred and sold. And I'd bought some uh, tiger snakes from the the current uh, employer and said, oh, if you're ever looking for someone, let me know. Um, and yeah, he gave me a message one day and said, hey, do you want to come out for a trial? And I've been there for well, nearly seven years now. That's awesome. That's awesome. What um, started the uh, passion with reptiles? Um, I, it was an early early age run-in with a red belly black on my grandfather's farm. Um, I was riding my bike with one of my cousins um, and I saw this snake and I hit the brakes and fell over and it slowly just cruised over to me, went over the, over the bike wheel, over my leg and then just into a big hollow stump. That's cool. And, I was probably a good oh, four or five hundred meters away from the house, and everyone came running down because they could hear me screaming. But after that, I was just fascinated with them. That's awesome. When did you get your first pet snake? Uh, so, mum didn't let that happen too early, so I didn't get that until I was about 17, 18, I reckon. What'd you get? Um, uh, just a bread like carpet python. Um, I had some bearded dragons and that sort of stuff as well along the way and yeah, it just turned into a, a full blown obsession for a little while. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I um I got a Murray Darling Python when I was I would have been ten, I reckon. Um and I had him for 
for years and then when I got into, you know, late teens, I wasn't sure if I was going off travelling and if I was going to go work on stations and that. So I ended up donating him to uh, Gorge Wildlife Park. So he, oh, yeah, he, awesome. He lives yeah. there. Yeah, they've they got a good park there. Yeah, they do. Um, so, yeah, that was – I've always been fascinated with snakes, you know. Never – Never one to, um, you know, I'm, I'm no John O'Roberts. I'm not getting out there picking up uh, venomous snakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you, you won't see me handling him the way he handles them either. Jeez, he's got some balls, that guy. Oh, he's, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if it's bravery or stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love him to bits, though. Like, watching his videos is just um, insane. You know, he wants to yeah. get down here and chase some tiger snakes and I'm, not, I'm pretty sure he wants to go over to Kangaroo Island and chase some of the tiger snakes over there. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, if he ever comes down, you'll have to let me know. I watch some of his stuff. It's pretty entertaining. Oh. Um, love, love to catch up with the bloke. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, yeah, so you what, had some bearded, you had some bearded dragons and then, then the python and then just went in from there. Yeah, went in from there. Just um, I worked at a few pet shops when I was younger and stuff, so I did a bit of work from there and just built connections in the reptile industry and just kept going from there. And then sort of started a little side business, breeding and breeding and selling reptiles for a while, and then started a snake catching business, and then moved to to um, my current employer and sort of just let all that stuff sort of slowly dwindle down. Um, That's awesome. Now. I got a few lizards and a snake now. That's it. So, what made you um go from pythons to venomous snakes? Uh, I think it was just that always that fascination with the the venomous snakes. They've just got a totally different demeanor about them and personality. It's um it's just something different. I think um every everyone keeps pythons, but not everyone keeps the the venomous side of things. So, what was your it was it first venomous snake uh, it was red belly black yeah and he was an absolute psycho <laughs> um, he's yeah it's very very um unusual behavior from a red belly they're normally quite placid snakes and this one was yeah he was known as a pretty pretty quite crazy snake his name was twitch um because he was just super twitchy and always <laughs> yeah Something wrong with him, I reckon. But he was he was a good snake. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And what what's the uh, snake you have now? Uh, I've got a diamond python now. Yeah, um, gorgeous. I've yeah had her for well yeah twelve years. She was one of the first ones I got um, from. She was a, a rescue from Gully Reptile Center that oh, they yeah. had. Um, they couldn't manage to breed her, so they wanted to get rid of her and. So I took her and I actually managed to breed her once. So yeah, they got some of the babies back, which they were quite happy about. And I think they still have some of them in the store. Yeah, cool. They would have been quite envious that you were able to get her to breed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But sometimes it just takes a, a bit of a change or a different male. Um, yeah. Animals can be funny. They they definitely can. But yeah, that's uh would have to be one of the most um interesting jobs of, of anyone that's been on the podcast so far. So what yeah. what's, what's like your daily routine at work? What are you what are you doing? Um daily routine, so we'll start with a, a Monday and a Thursday. They're probably the most interesting days. So um Mondays is basically we get in and make up water bowls. Um so snakes don't 
they have water for 48 hours, basically 48 to 72 hours. Um, so we put water bowls in and clean their enclosures. Um, so everything's kept in, in plastic tubs, basically, and heated racks. So it's just a sheet of paper and a water bowl, um, nice and quick to clean. So get through the, the tiger snakes, the brown snakes, the black snakes, uh, then move on to the exotics. So we've got a few different cobras and rattlesnakes and things like that. So makes it uh makes the job a bit more interesting. That's awesome. What's what's your favourite um, snake to handle at work? Oh, that's that's a hard one. Um, probably the king cobras. Yeah, it's it's always fun getting them out. Like you just get them by the tail and you start coming out, and they just keep coming for fourteen <laughs> foot. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, they're they're big snakes, but they're they're gentle giants. Luckily enough. So I take it you're milking him for anti venom and stuff and purposes like that, or? Uh, so we do a little bit of anti venom stuff, um, but mostly we do research and um, for the medical industry. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so it's um, it's a bit different. Everyone's like, "Oh, you guys make anti venom?" We're like, "Nope, we <laughs> we purely." Gets- just do venom, so that's it. We we milk venom, we dry the venom, and we send the venom off. That's it. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's uh, definitely different. That's for sure, but pretty cool. Um, yeah. How did you get into hunting? Um, so my father was a shooter, um, and I didn't get much opportunity to hunt with him. Um, my parents split when I was younger, um, and uh, so I, I had a little bit to do with my dad, but not a not a huge amount, but. He always had goat skins and all of that laying around the house at his place. So I was always very intrigued by it. Um, and my cousins in the Riverland, whenever I was up there, would grab the air rifle or the twenty two and go out into the blocks and shoot rabbits and birds and whatever we could. That's awesome. Um, so I, I grew up around firearms and shooting, um, but it was actually my um, fiancé now, but girlfriend at the time, um, her parents had a farm down the southeast. Oh, beautiful and yeah so five thousand acres down there um to run around on um so we were down there quite often and me and her old man would bond by going out spotlighting That's um sweet. and then eventually i shot my first red deer um a little four point out of a herd of five of them and caitlin's old man reckons i should have got all five of them <laughs> but, <laughs> um and then, and then I was sort of hooked from there. I started started researching deer and joined the ADA and just kept kept chasing them out there. And it was four years until I saw another deer out there during the day. Yeah. Um, and that was the you've you've seen it obviously the big thirteen point red stag. I have. Um, yep. So that was my second ever red deer. Insane. <laughs> uh, yeah. And like, oh man, it was they were just ghosts. Like I'd find cast antlers with like fresh blood on them. You'd find fresh poop. You'd be in the scrub and you could hear them breathe in 10 meters away, but it was just so thick. You couldn't see them. Yeah. Um, so some, some really awesome times out there, but, um, they sold that a few years ago and I haven't been, been back out there, unfortunately. Ah, that's such a shame. And you do a lot of, um, target shooting, like PRS stuff. Is that correct? Yeah. PRS styled stuff, yeah. So I shoot at Monado a fair bit. I haven't recently um, about a shoulder injury, so the rifles for that style of shooting are quite heavy, and it's uh, not the greatest. Try and try and lift them in my current condition, um, but yeah, I'm heavily involved with with that club and and the PRS. Um, do a lot of vol- volunteering for it. 
Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it's good, good fun, good, good bunch of guys, and a great way to um, improve transitional building for for hunting. Um, and you also did you get out and um, go do some uh, clays with Rich not long ago yeah, as well? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so interesting thing about me is I'm a right-handed and left-eye dominant. Yep. Um, so my right shoulder's stuffed, but I shoot shotgun left-handed because I'm left-eye dominant. So at the moment, shotgun shooting's about the best option for me. So I've actually been out there a fair bit with Rich and yeah, having a real good time. So it's good fun. Yeah, I definitely need to make it out there one one of these days. One, once yeah. once uh, the kids' soccer season's finished, I'll have to try and organise a day where I get out there. Yeah, I'll be, definitely. I'll be absolutely bloody useless and be the laughing stock, but it'll be a good laugh, that's for sure. Oh, mate, we're all we're all the laughing stock. <laughs> but you got you got to start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, Rich is a great dude. He's he was um, episode three of this podcast, I reckon. So um, yeah, absolute yeah, got all the time in the world for that guy. Absolute yeah, yeah definitely, absolute top bloke. So hunting wise, what are you what are you running? What are you mainly targeting these days? Um well, I'd like to do a bit more deer shooting, but I just haven't had time. Um so mostly foxes um is is what I spend a lot of my time doing. Um just chasing foxes like no tomorrow. Um I had a just before my injury I was trying to shoot one every night for a month and I got through eighteen days before uh not getting one and i ended up with 20 something for the month so that's awesome what size property yeah. are you you're mainly shooting so, on there um so i'm on 30 acres um at my place um and a lot of that was here but i've also got five thousand acres 15 minutes up the road that i shoot on and then i oh, probably three or four 90 acre 50 acre blocks around the place that i just pop out to from time to time so Beautiful. And you put up a post today. How many foxes have you taken off your property since you've been there? Um, since we've been, we've been here, it'll be two years in November. It'll be three years in November. Two or three years in November. In the last year, I've shot about 60-ish. That's crazy. Um, in, in a year acres, and a half. That's... Yeah, for 30 acres, it's crazy. That's awesome. Are it's... you lighting or night, night vision or what's the... Um, so I run a... A, a pulsar axion thermal um, for for spotting, and then I've got a night vision scope um, and a seventeen HMR. That's just yeah, the perfect combination. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, you you I definitely get jealous seeing all the fox photos nearly every <laughs> couple yeah. times a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it's a couple of times a week I get a fox, but I'm generally go out for at least an hour most nights, um, if not two. So you got to really put the time into it to get them out here yeah uh, but it's it's starting to slow down a bit now i haven't i haven't seen one here for a few days so yeah i went out for a deer stalk when was that oh, a week or so ago and uh, this fox caught my eye but at first i thought it was a kelpie or a border collie it was just this big big dog and he just walked straight into the long grass and would not turn around for any whistles. I had the 300 with me and he just was not interested in turning around. As soon as he went in that long grass, I lost him. I'm like spewing. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a bugger when you see those old dogs like that. I got um, I got an old one here the other day and I couldn't, 
I was ranging a rabbit from, I've got a brick wall that runs down the side of my house and I was standing just to the side of it, ranging a rabbit out in the paddock and he walked past me at about 25 metres. And luckily enough, I'd, I'd had my rifle on my shoulder on the tripod. I didn't have anything set up, so I'm just sneakily trying to set it all up. And luckily, he just kept walking down that fence line, but his teeth were all worn down. He was a, a good old dog. He's not one you'd be able to call in. It was just luck of the draw that he happened to walk past. Yeah, if I'd spotted it, you know, two seconds earlier, I would have been I would have been in a position where I shot him. But he's just like walked straight through the fence, straight into the long grass, and just disappeared. But he was like a really light, creamy, almost color, just old and thick. But there's plenty of lambs on that property at the moment, so they're just absolutely feasting on the lambs and you know any of the the ewes that die during. So yeah, there's plenty of food yeah, out there. Yeah, pl- plenty of food, yeah. It's always always the case this time of year. It's hard to call them in because there's so many options for them. But yeah, definitely getting keen for a light this weekend, going out with a couple mates. So hopefully drop a few and get those boys their first foxes. So. But yeah, yeah. that'll be good, mate. Always <laughs> good to take new people out. Oh, it's awesome fun. It's awesome fun. But, you know, one of them's a lefty. I've got all right-handed rifles, so he's he takes that little bit longer just to get get used to the rifle. Yeah, no, that, that'll, that'll happen. You need to just whistle him into 25 metres and give him a shotgun. Yeah, yeah I've, I'll, I'll be taking the 12-gauge for him. Perfect. <laughs> um, so what's the funniest thing that's happened to you out hunting? Uh, we, all right, um, we had a pretty good one. Oh, how long ago? it was about a month ago now he went away for a, a mate's birthday and um out to the flinders to go go away um all, all the families came up and everything like that so we didn't have much time to go hunting um so we we ducked out one night and i had my mate's 300 wsm my other mate was on the the front bumper with his wind mag and we we're both looking at this goat deciding if we were going to shoot it or not I was only going to shoot it to stop him from shooting it. And I was like, oh, I don't want to shoot it that bad. And then I got to butcher it and do everything else. And he's like, all right, I'm shooting it. So he shoots it. We we walk over there and we're all standing around. We're like, oh, it's a, it's a nice goat. It's probably 20 inches, 20, 24 inches. Like it was good for the area. There wasn't very many big ones about. Um, and then one of the other lads goes, who shot the second one? <laughs> At about two and a half metres behind the first goat, there's another goat just lying there with a perfect headshot as well. That's insane. 300 wind mag with copper bullets and just put put it straight through one's neck and straight through the one behind its head. And we could not stop laughing. Yeah, I've, I've done it with a bow a couple times. Um, I shot this shot this young, young Billy and... I couldn't see right behind it, but like right up against it, there was another goat exactly the same position. They would have been, you know, shoulder to shoulder. And I've just yeah. put it put it through one goat and straight out the other goat and then walked up and, yeah, there was two two dead goats. And I've had that yeah. happen twice with the bows. So. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, you just don't see them. These, these were both black goats as well under a spotlight. It was, there was no seeing the other goat. <laughs> Um, but yeah, quite funny. We all, we all had a good laugh and then really regretted having to cut them up. 
Yeah, it's not something you do very often intentionally, you know, because you want that, no. that that humane kill. But it 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 can it can happen there every now and again. So yeah, definitely. Oh, this was more than humane. Those those two hundred and fifteen grain copper bullets. I they bet. they keep moving with some some energy. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, that's awesome. So, what about your top five dream animals? You know. Anywhere in the world, money, not an issue. Where would you go? What would you chase? Oh, there's there's definitely a few things on the list. Um, I really want a blonde-faced black bear. Um, don't, don't ask me why. I just, yeah, that's something I'd really, really like to go chase is the, the black bears and a, a blonde one would really tickle my pickle. Um, after that, probably some predator hunting like i'd love to hunt coyotes like absolute that'd be a dream coyote hunting yeah coyote and bobcat and you you watch all the videos and stuff and i've listened to a few podcasts recently um the texas predator hunters i think is a, a good one i've been listening to and he had a guy on there and it's like you don't realize you sort of follow the the bigger people who are always getting them but you don't realize how hard it actually is he had one guy on spent four years chasing coyotes and had never shot one that's insane i'm like like, man like yeah it's pretty crazy so yeah coyotes and a bobcat would be be on the list um two more i'd really like to get to nz in the next couple of years um mainly tar um tar is on the list i don't know how i'll go with the hills and stuff i'm a bit unfit so i might have to start exercising if i struggled through it you'll struggle through it i'm not that fit yeah either, oh, so. <laughs> yeah exactly um you just push through if you want to do it exactly um after that it's it sort of becomes difficult this there's, there's so many so many animals out there um but I would. I've had a friend go to um, Kazakhstan um, for ibex, yeah. and I think yeah, just another another goat like that, or mouflon even yeah, um, mouflon over in Hawaii. Sick. Yeah, that'd be yeah something like that. Just somewhere somewhere different. Coyotes are cool, man. Um, the the only one I shot when I was in when I was over in Mexico was sitting in a deer blind, and that that's just come out and stood at 180 meters and just stood like just sat down and I've just looked at my yeah. mate who I was with and I'm just like, yep, headshot. And yeah, just, just absolutely smoked it. And then yeah, later, yeah. later that week I called a bunch in to the stand when I had my bow. So I've like opened up the stand cause these are big box blinds that are elevated off the ground. I've opened up the door and I'm standing on the, the steps, the railing, and I've called them right in, but they were just on the other side of the bush, like right underneath, and they're all howling and sounding off. And oh, I just man, see one. Awesome. I seen one standing right behind the bush, and I'm like, oh, just I'm not going to get another shot with a bow. I just have to just try and squeeze it through the bush, and yeah, just missed it. I was I was devastated. Oh, that's spewing. Yeah, no coyotes. They're they're such cool animals. Like. And there's so many different ways to hunt them, which really intrigues me. Um, like hunting them with dogs over the summer and that sort of thing, and decoy dogging would be would be spectacular. Just to just to be there and watch, not even shoot them, but 
they're surprisingly big. Um, my mate that I was over in Mexico with, he shot a big, big male, and it they're they're decent size animals. Like yeah, they're, they're not foxes. Fox. That's for sure. Yeah, far bigger than a fox. It's it's crazy, but they're cool. And then he went back the year later, and he managed to get a bobcat as well. So, oh, I'm, cool I'm jealous. Animals. But yeah, yeah, look into Mexico if you want to tick those those off. You can get both of them over there. Yeah, definitely uh, be on the list. What about your favourite thing to cook with hunted and caught food? Hunted and cooked. Um, I'm gonna have to say tenderloins. Just rip them. It's the first thing to go as soon as that day. As soon as the deer's on the ground, they're coming out and they're getting fried. Just salt, pepper, and butter. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. One one of my favourite things to do is as soon as I get home, just pull those out and throw them in the pan. Are you an awful guy? Have you tried the heart and stuff like that? Oh, I have tried heart. I've tried cooking heart myself once, and I just it it wasn't great. Um, but I can't remember his name. The wild game chef. Yep. Um, oh, I can't. He's a famous wild game chef and runs a few native. Um, why can't I remember his name? Australian or? Yeah, Australian, yeah. Ross? Um, Ross O'Meara? No. Nope. No, he's, a, he's an Adelaide guy. Um, he does like the Chasser dinners and stuff, I think. Okay. Um, I went to uh, an ADA thing for the, the North Northern Adelaide um, with him and he did some heart in a um, one of those boiling things. Sous vide, yeah, sous vide. That's the one um, to to rare and then put it on skewers and fried it on a grill, and it was amazing. Um, that was really good, but I just tried to sort of replicate that by just grilling it, and it didn't work that great. <laughs> it's it's good if you you cook it right and yeah, treat it, yeah, exactly, treat it good. yeah, and plus any yeah. spices you put on it help it as well. So yeah, no, definitely, definitely always eager to try stuff out. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, let's jump straight into the into the night stuff. Tell into everyone stuff. Everyone tell everyone what it's about, how it came about, and um, yeah, what's going on. All right, so I started the brand in the dark, basically, just as a host. What did I say? To... Into the night. Sorry, into the dark. No, no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the in the dark, yeah, um, yeah. Started that to. Um, to host basically a, a fox hunting competition. Um, the idea came around um, when I was on the committee for the ADA um, a few years ago now, and I wanted to just run in our club a fox hunting competition, and I never got to do it. So the, the idea has always been in the back of my head that it's something I wanted to do, and I uh, just got excited about it again listening to some predator hunting podcasts and the american competitions and that sort of thing that they have over there um they have some pretty pretty impressive competitions over there like eighty thousand dollar prizes and stuff for first and i'm like oh man that's crazy but i thought it'd be it'd be pretty cool if we could get something going here um not to not to eighty thousand dollars extent but if we can grow it over a few years and, and see, see where it goes and where we can take it. Um, so I sat down and started writing and that, um, brought together the Fox-tastic weekend. 
That's that's awesome. So when did when did you um when when did you it actually come out? Like you've you've had it had it away for a while by the sounds of it and Yeah, so it's been tucked away for a while and I I opened the event entries last week. Um so it's a it's a national event. Um there's a, a fairly detailed list of um terms and conditions to make sure that it's fair and people can't cheat um i think i've been pretty pretty good on how how it will go and run pretty smooth um so yeah it's it's exciting for sure um i know you're excited to get involved and i'm always going to smash a red dog so yeah exactly um but yeah just hopefully um yeah get some more people out hunting foxes and having a good night with their mates and so what's the um date that it's running on so it's running from the the 6 p.m on the first of yeah first of september um till 9 p.m or 9 a.m on sunday the third now with Uh, it being national now because originally this was just going to be a south australian event are you running on like eastern standard times or it, it'll be run on our time. Our time? So I, I can't work out other times. So that's, <laughs> that, that's up to the competitors. Um, what I will say, though, is um, what one of the big terms and conditions that's written in is the tiebreaker, which took me a long time to work out how I was going to do it because um, it's very plausible that two people shoot the same amount of foxes. So basically with the tiebreaker – there's a, a phone number there that you submit your tally to at any time over the two days, you could submit your tally. So you could shoot 10 foxes on Friday night and say, well, I'm not hunting tomorrow. So I'll submit now. And someone shoots 10 foxes over the whole weekend and submits on Saturday night. They get, they're losing to the person who submitted first. Okay. So if you lock your numbers in on the Friday or early on Saturday night and someone waits till 9am in the morning, that's, that's the, the tiebreaker, if that makes sense. Yeah. And ex- explain the shake test that, because that's a, a, a different way of doing it, you know, because I've, I've followed different fishing competitions and that, you know, they normally send out a code on the day and you have to take a code, you know, with your brag mat and the fish and that. So you've got the shake test. Explain yep. what that so, is. So basically the same thing with the number. Um, numbers will be received via email or text. Um on the at 6 p.m around 6 p.m i can't send them all at once um i'll try to i'll i'll work it out i'm not very techno technologically savvy jeez english is terrible just quickly what i Uh, thought there quickly maybe you should do like a whatsapp have a whatsapp group where you send send that type of stuff everyone joins the whatsapp or a discord um that's another app that you could probably use to set it all up get everyone to join a Discord group and you set it up. And then just post one photo of all, everyone's number. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, yeah, that's that's more to think. We're <laughs> going to talk about this later. Sorry, um, it, I had to spill it out before I um, I forgot it. Otherwise, it would have been gone. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. shake no, test. That's all right. Get, get it out. Shake test. Um, so the shake test is basically, I mean, you've shot foxes before and then – gone back the next day and they're as stiff as a brick. Um, a shake test is basically just going to be the way of proving that your fox is freshly shot um, and that you 
didn't go out from Wednesday, Thursday and try and shoot as many foxes to try and beef up your tally for the weekend. Um, so you'll, you'll have your, your team number and you'll say, yep, we're team 369. Uh, it's me, my buddy Zach. You'll show each other on the camera, give the fox a shake to show that it's fresh and then just knock an ear off of it so you can't walk around to the, a different background and be like, oh, we got another one, we yeah. got another one. Um, so an ear or a tail, a knife or a pair of second tears will do the job pretty quick. Yeah, beautiful. Um, just just simple, easy way, take a quick video um, and then the top five people who submit their tallies um, will be requested to, to send in all their videos. We'll go through that and make sure they're all legit. And then the winners will be declared. We're also going to have, a, hopefully, Hopefully a lot of random prizes up for draws. We've already had some some great people um, donate stuff in, the Firearms Owners United, um, Eureka Tactical, um, and a few other people I'm talking to as well. So Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, the Eureka Tactical and uh, Firearms Owners United. Well, it's not Eureka Tactical anymore. It's Eureka Outdoors. They've had oh, yeah, that's, that's correct. Name yeah, change so. recently. but um, Name change, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're awesome, awesome groups and, you know, I've I've done a lot with them over the past couple of years with uh since the podcast has been been out. Um but yeah, they're always keen to jump on that those types of things. Um and yeah, I've just thought of Yeah, another, we really and a couple other people I'll send you a send you a message after try to get some more people on board for it, you know. More people Yeah, no, we Yeah, that's it. We really appreciate the support. It's it's not an easy thing to to put on. Um, it sort of just took a bit of a risk. I didn't want to go out and say, oh, there's going to be $1,000 worth of prizes yeah. and get five entries and I'm out $1,000 yeah, no, <laughs> sort it. of thing. Um, but as as the competition grows and we know we're going to have that, that background, the prizes can only get better and that sort of thing and more brands will get on board. Um, so, yeah, there's a few, a few people I'm talking to. I think I've got a, another got to stop into the impact dynamics podcast next week i think um just a quick shout out for those boys yeah awesome yeah i've yeah. listened to a few of their podcasts they do some great work and i've dropped in there a couple times and introduced myself and checked out the store you got um yeah projectile warehouse and scoped out S- scoped out yeah scoped out yeah. yeah great great guys in there and an awesome awesome team of people um, they do a lot for the precision rifle industry um, and and hunting as well. Some some quality stuff in there. Definitely, man. Definitely, that it's yeah, great podcast. They got a good social media following. Um, Josh does some great work with all the all the videos and the photos and the social media side of stuff. Yeah, he's a media genius. That guy. He is. He is, and it's it's been good watching him get out. And um, you've gone out with him a couple of times from, from yeah what I've yeah seen I recently shoot. yeah i shoot with josh a fair bit where we chat most days he's a he's a top top lad and he's he's getting a lot better with his shooting that's for sure he's come a long way yeah. uh, both with his shooting and his videos in the last couple of years <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think when i first started chatting to him he hadn't really gone out hunting yet so i, th- I think that's a pretty recent endeavor going out fox shooting and stuff like that yeah yeah we need to get him out a bit more and Need to uh, get him a, a red dog for sure. Are those boys? Are those boys got a team? 
I'm not sure. Um, I think I think there might be something in the works. We'll see. Um, we'll see if we can't get them some some land to hunt on and get them out there. Definitely do it. Um, it, would, it would be cool to see what those boys come up with with like social media side of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll have to have more chats with them. Um, I know I know uh, I don't know if you know Joe who works there. No, I don't. Um, uh, he he works for for them as well. He was out with me. Um, he's come out a couple of times now. He got his first first fox last time we were out. Um, nice hundred and sixty meter shot. Yeah, beautiful. Straight between the eyes. It was pretty pretty <laughs> impressive. Um, Definitely. But, but yeah, he yeah I know he's pretty pretty keen to get out. So I'm going to try and set him up with some some mates to get him out as well and be good. Yeah, get sweet. as many people out as we can. I'm stoked to hear that it's um, Australia-wide now, so, you know. Yeah, looking, yeah. The uh, the way I set it up was always so it could be Australia-wide, um, and I was going to just try and run it a bit locally to see, test the water sort of thing. Um, and I thought, you know what, we'll, we'll just open it up and see how it goes. Um, the that's the term, way to do it. That's it. The terms make it fair to everyone, no matter where they are, so... No, that's, get around it that's sweet is there anything else you want to add add on that um no i don't think so if anyone's got any questions feel free to send me a dm on facebook or instagram or an email um i'm happy to chat to anyone about anything um we'll jump to any the social, queries they have we'll jump to the social media side at the end of the podcast and we'll um there yeah, let them know where they can contact you so so all the interested parties can um, join in. Yeah, awesome. Uh, hopefully there's lots of interested parties. It then, should, be, uh, should be a good weekend. There should be now. Um, now that I know that it's uh, Australia-wide now, I'll uh, yeah get plugging on, on more pages. I appreciate that, mate. And I just want to say also, um, the more people that join, the better the random draw prizes are going to get as well. So bit more incentive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's well, not just a, a first, second, third prize. There's, yeah, yeah hopefully going to be lots of random draw prizes as well for people. So it should yeah, be that, good. That's sweet. That's sweet. Hopefully we get some, uh, in, you get some interesting foxes come through. You know, uh, one of my properties, I seen a, a black and white fox one day when I was out there, but I'd never, never was able to get a shot on him. Oh man, there's some since. cool looking foxes out there. I'd love to shoot a black one. Yeah, um, I've seen an albino one once. Oh, that's cool. It ran across the road in front of me, and it was just completely white. Um, and yeah, I swerved for it, but didn't get it. <laughs> I reckon there should be a bonus category for cats. <laughs> a bonus category, yeah. But the, I, the I thought about that, but if it, if, it, if it gets out to the public, yeah, yeah, it probably uh, probably shut it down pretty quick. Boost the numbers, of the, of, of the event. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, how do you see the public views on hunting and hunters? That's a it's an interesting question. That one. Um, I don't spend too much time in the public eye, and I tend to to stick to myself a bit. But I think with COVID, it's definitely changed, um, especially meat eater. Meat eater made a big impression on on everyone, I think. Um, and then COVID hit and people realised, oh, like, what do we do if we can't get to the supermarket to get meat? Um, so I think, I think they're getting better. 
but I think there's always going to be a side that's completely against it and a side that sits in the middle and a side that's for it. Yeah. I don't think that's ever going to change. And how would you change the public views on hunters and hunting? Take meat away from the supermarkets. (laughs) That, that, that would get people change pretty quick, I reckon. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's another another interesting question. I've heard you ask it before and I've thought about it a lot. Um, and really it just comes down to to getting the right information out there and not, not the fake information. I mean, Blood Origins, blood origins um, Robbie's doing a fantastic job. That he is. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to say I'm, I'm a, a supporter of him. Um, he does, yeah, some wonderful work. It's just we need we need more people like that, um, sort of getting out into the public eye and and really showing the details of what we do and and not so much the oh they they're killing all these animals for for fun sort of thing. It's it's a lot more than that. Education over emotion, really. Exactly. No, that's that's definitely a, a good way. And finally. What is hunting to you? Hunting to me, um, that's a, a difficult question because I, I sort of fall under so many categories of hunting. Like I, I predator hunt, I, I pest control. Yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely a lifestyle um, and it's, it's something that I'll do for the rest of my life for sure. Um, I don't ever see myself putting a rifle down um but yeah it's it's life like it's it's what we've done since the beginning of time sort of thing like just it's 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 who we are yeah it's who who i am it's yeah yeah i can 100 percent relate and i know what you what you're saying there yeah yeah it's hard it's hard to articulate um, it it is a hard one but i like how everyone everyone says very very similar stuff but puts it in their own their own words yes exactly um so people interested in the foxtastic weekend where can they find information on it um where can they find you on social media and follow your stuff that you do as well yeah all right um so my personal page is maxwell more powder um there's a funny story behind that we'll have to get into one day. <laughs> um, the For all the information on the competition is at uh, In The Dark um, on Instagram or In The Dark 369 and uh, In The Dark on Facebook. Um, so, or if they go onto your social media, I'm sure they'll find lots about it. You've been um, more than generous with sharing thank you yeah and i'll i'll keep it up and i'll uh share some more stuff and uh take some screenshots and actually post them rather than just stories so that it gets out there a bit more for you so um but i'm definitely keen to partake and get a couple guys from work that haven't really done too much hunting get them out there and yeah enjoy it just something a bit different for everyone that's what it's all about just getting out there with mates or family or just having a good time if you don't have a teammate someone you know will be interested in going i'm sure just say hey mate want to go fox shooting and they'll say no worries (laughs) yeah let's go every everyone enjoys it so and yeah it's getting a getting a a real bad pest off the landscape and saving a few native animals and lambs and exactly of everything so exactly right it's um 
hopefully it'll turn into a, a bigger bigger event over the years and we'll see hundreds of foxes wiped off the the face of the earth over a weekend would be would be really uh really great that'll be thousands in a couple of years time we'll have to start making you know big big fox trench coats for the for the prizes you know <laughs> that definitely couldn't be done <laughs> but no anyway man thank you very much for coming on the podcast um it's only a shorter special bonus episode for for it so um but we'll definitely get you back on after after it and see how it all goes, you know, maybe get you on with a couple of people that participate and, um, yeah, try and have a good yeah. chat about it and talk about how it went and, how, like, you know, what went wrong, what went right and how we can grow it in the future for you. Yeah, no, appreciate that. And, yeah, definitely I'm excited to, to come on again. Thank you for having me. No, nah, um, it's all been, good. It's been, been, been an experience. No, nah, it's all good. <laughs> Anytime, man, Anytime. Um, I like chatting to new people. You and I have chatted for a while over Instagram but haven't chatted face-to-face yet, so. Yeah, oh, it's definitely good to good to catch up and have a good chat. Definitely, man. Well, I'll let you go, but, it, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. Have a good night. You too, mate. Thanks. Will do. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Hunting Connection Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed our discussions and gained valuable insights into the world of hunting, fishing, and the outdoors. To stay connected with us and never miss out on an update, please be sure to follow us on social media, all at Hunting Connection Podcast. We appreciate your support and would love for you to share the podcast with your friends and family. Don't forget to tag us in your hunting photos on social media and let us know about your experiences. Your feedback is invaluable to us, so please take a moment to subscribe, rate and review the podcast. Together, we continue growing and delivering more captivating episodes for all hunting enthusiasts. Stay connected, stay informed and keep pursuing your passion for the hunt. Until next time, happy hunting.